Welcome to Say That Podcast, where you hear big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is President of Mission USA, Glenn Fitzgerald. I'm old, but I still get it. Fair enough. Also joining us, Director of Mission USA Productions, Jed Brewer. I don't know what it is. Right. I'm, I'm lost. Me neither. I was just trying to brag. Okay. It's good. It's good. Good honesty. I used to be with it. Now the thing I'm with isn't it anymore. <laughs> It'll happen to you. Uh, true words are never spoken. Joining us from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Crash Media Church, and a man who appreciates a good Grandpa Simpson reference, Lee Younger. Guys, I'm old and losing it, and we have to immediately, no jumping to the wisdom, immediately I have an old people's emergency. Oh man, all people emergency? emergency is the best. What's did they the did they close down the country kitchen buffet? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be an old people emergency. Right, that's right. Yeah, it's just that the uh, you you have to you can't go in until five thirty now, and we got to eat at four thirty p.m. That's right. right. Well, Lee, walk us through it. What's going Here's on? Here's the here? deal. I I don't, there's there's apparently uh, there's a thing that the kids are into called the Pokemon, oh. and. I have children, so I've heard of the Pokemon, and right. uh, it's apparently it's a TV show, but now there's an app, and you're walking around looking at the world through your Google Maps, and then all of a sudden, there's a, like a Pokemon on your phone, and then uh. you, you capture the Pokemon or something. And here's the deal. Um, I, it, the whole thing scares me, because I don't know if there's invisible monsters that I'm not seeing... Right or if sure or if it's just on the phones, I I don't understand what's happening. And and you, you Pokemon is that like it's a Jamaican thing? No, this is what I don't know. Right, okay, no, it's not it's, Jamaican. I think that actually is a shortened form of Pocket Monster. Ah, oh. so you don't poke them at all? No, I'm no, all- that would be I think considered rude. Right, but let's see. So as I understand it, and I, I'm just about a couple of years older than the whole Pokemon thing, so I, I missed me completely. But as I understand it, it started out as maybe a card game or a video game, and you get like uh, you catch certain characters, and two players can fight them against each other, but you like train them, and they go through evolutions. But it all starts with you okay. got to catch them. Like the catchphrase is, you got to catch them all. Is it like Space Invaders? It's very, very similar much, to Space Very Invaders. much, very much so. Okay, because this podcast has now become old people talking about things they don't understand. Sure, absolutely. But Glenn, this, would you say that any you you don't you didn't you got off the video game train when they decided they needed more than the one joystick and one button? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, you know, you, you, you know, this is like uh, advanced stuff man were, were you offended by the overbearingly feminist agenda of mrs pac-man well I, it seemed a bit unnecessary sure absolutely you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely like, who's taking care of the pack children that's right <laughs> you're you're a pack complementarian that's right but i enjoyed a uh, lady street fighter where it was the exact same game but they put pink bows on all the fighters heads sure absolutely right, right. here's what i'm saying is the there's a controversy on this Okay. Because Massive controversy. What's happening is with this thing, and it's got what you call virtual reality. Right. I don't it. think that's it, dude. It's a re- reality reality. That's so somewhere in the middle. The game with reality. Sure, let's okay. go with that. 
And you go to, it's on your phone. Sure. Yes. And you, I like that we're, ex- we who don't understand this are explaining this to our audience who are obsessed with it. Yeah. And that you go. That's yes. the other thing, you go. Well, <laughs> oh. what's happening is you're going places and uh, it seems like there's an agenda. Well, I feel like I'd be perfectly fine learning how to play Pokemon Loaf, but nobody's offered that to me whatsoever. I'm playing Pokemon Loaf right now. I I believe that was every previous version of Pokemon was Pokemon Loaf. That may be why we've got this going now. I literally did hear a high school kid. Sorry, Jed. I I heard a high school kid today say, I would play Pokemon Go. I downloaded the game, but then I found out you had to go outside. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We're going to try an experiment now. Okay. In school, some of us um, experiment with, could we, with a book report, could we completely plagiarize, but make it sound like we hadn't, kind of put it right. in our own voice? Sure. Right, right, so right. I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm directly taking the Wikipedia entry for Pokemon right. Go, right, right, but I'm right. going to try and pretend like I'm not doing that. Okay. You okay. Ready? Welcome I'm to ready. four old men read Wikipedia entries about <laughs> internet memes. <laughs> guys, guys, it's very simple. Pokemon Go, which has been stylized as Pokemon Go, it's just a free-to-play augmented reality mobile game developed by Niantic for iOS and Android devices. Well, that, that's all it is. I, you know, that's very informative. You might be wondering, Glenn, when was it initially released? In July of 2016. That's this month. Right, that's that's also true. Now you are asking, what is the game? What do you do in right, the game? That's right. The game allows players to capture, battle, train, and trade virtual Pokemon, which is from the original Japanese title of Pocket Monsters, who appear throughout the real world. That's all it is. It's very simple. Okay, wow. here's what I, here's what I'm getting from that: monsters in the real world. That's yeah. it. That's sure. my problem. Boom. Yeah. You're, so you're, this is going to be a kind of. Pet cemetery style. Let me tell it's you, it's all going to come to life. Monsters coming into the world through your phone. Sure, you That's a portal. It's a portal from another dimension. Monsters, but it gets okay. worse. Yeah. Okay, it gets worse. It gets more dubious. It gets more frightening, Glenn. Because no way. Not only do you walk around and you see possibly monsters on the phone. Also, there are certain sites in the real world that this video game, the makers of this video game, have just declared them. Poke gyms, where okay. you can train the poke monsters. I don't know. And so here's the deal: I show up to you know pastor of Christ Community Church. Showed up at the church today, and the kids rolled up in the room and they said, "Did you know that Triple C is a poke gym?" Wow. And now, literally, they said people are going to show up here to train their Pokemon. And all of a sudden, we're thinking, well, we might have to move up the sweet, sweet, you know, ladder of uh, church attendance based on the Poke Gym status. Mega Poke. Here's what I'm getting. Sure. The Pokemon is game is turning. Yes, Glenn, Pokemon is game. That's right. Pokemon game <laughs> is turning is turning our churches. Into monster terrorist training camps. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, we found a I way mean, to declare it satanic. I can't tell you how happy that makes me. I mean, me. how 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 is that not what we're dealing with here? Pokemon is, Go is a tool of Satan. That's right. That's is right. one of is one of these Pokemon characters you can catch and train a seven headed dragon by any chance? <laughs> A le- the Leviathan, That's right. if you will. Uh, uh, yeah. I caught the beast rising out of the sea. Which one did you catch? Well, Matt already said the word evolution, and I don't know what that means, but I know it's not in the Bible. 
That's right. That's right. Lee currently lives in, and I am from a place that is not that far down the road from the Scopes Monkey Trial. You know, so the you monster- can't be all using that word in Tennessee, folks. That's right. You know the monster I'm trying to catch? The demon of my own depravity. That's the monster I'm trying to catch. Right. Does that, can that one kill. be a Pikachu? No. Oh, well, that's, that's not the good one, then. No. Right. Also, I'm officially out of Pokemon references. <laughs> <laughs> I emptied the clip with one, one, one word. Well, this is what's happening, is we're training these monsters. Okay, we don't know where they are. Right. They're invisible. Right. They live in virtual reality. Right. Sort of. Not quite, yes, but okay. Right? No. It's, Just say yes. Yes. It's virtually, it's in the maps. And sure. then they show up on your phone. Sure, yeah, let's go with that. And this is what happened. You're Glenn, training. Do you think everything on your phone is virtual reality? That's uh, clearly. Glenn, I have something <laughs> okay. that's going to make Fair you enough. happy. I think you're going to enjoy riffing on. Let me. Right. This is from the Wikipedia entry. An optional wearable device that works alongside the game called oh. the Pokemon Go Plus will be released in the <laughs> oh. future as a separate purchase. The device uses Bluetooth connection to notify users uh. when a Pokemon is nearby with an yep. LED display and light vibration. <laughs> That's the Antichrist. Hello. Okay. It wears, you wear it to communicate with demons that are coming through a portal to be trained to take over this realm. Yeah. Okay. That's what we're dealing with. Yeah. You know what? We need to build a wall. (laughs) A pokey wall. A pokey pokey wall. That's my game. Poke yeah. Wall just got ten feet higher. Yeah, and I'm making Pokemon pay for it. Yeah, that's good. Sure. Yeah. And I saw a pale horse, and the name that sat upon him was Charizard. <laughs> it turns out I had another Pokemon reference, guys. There you go. I think you worked one. it in. You worked it's it in. There. It, it feels like it. Well, clearly we have uh, this. Is Cthulhu one of them? Yes. Yes. Sure. Yes. That's sure, one absolutely. Pokemon. That's a, that's a Pokemon. Yeah, absolutely. Cthulhu. And I don't know if this kind of thing Pokemon does, but I know that you're going to like expansion packs and skins and whatnot. And how is there not a Lovecraftian Pokemon? Oh, you know. Come on, man. Right. So that's that's what's happening. And so we got an app that's clearly opening a portal to an underworld that will lead to the uh, the rise of the Antichrist and right. the collapse of the church in America. That's, that's, that's certainly, just basic theology. Absolutely. That's that's just that's just systematic <laughs> theology is what that is. It's yep. right there in the Grudem. Mm-hmm. So I believe that the main question for us is how do we cash in on this? Right. Right. And I, I have an idea. Well, we mentioned last week, we got a lot of good feedback. On the idea of the guilt bit. Okay. Right, that's right. So we're, we're already going to be up in this wearable technology game. Totally. Mm-hmm. So what is, if legalistic Jed were to come up with an augmented reality phone app mm. where you go around, there's certain things you find yeah. and you got to train them, yeah. what would well, that be? And I, I think we, perhaps not to overstep here, but do we not need an app that locates the people that are becoming the portal to the demons or the whatever. Sure. To so, so you you want to you want to be kind of the Van Helsing of that yes of Pokemon <laughs> Go. Just, okay, Matt is on it. That's okay, good. That's okay, good. That's, that's good. good. He's feeling my rhythms right now. Well, Matthew, I'm I'm glad that you asked, and certainly Glennard's suggestion is um, a notable one. Um, <laughs> His name is Glenjamin for the last time. <laughs> I don't want to praise Glenjamin's suggestion because, of course, I don't want to lead him to the sin of pride. Therefore, I it's Glenford, and you all know it. <laughs> I 
I don't want to lead Glenford to the sin of pride. Therefore, I will say nothing positive of him ever about anything. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's playing it safe. But of course, the augmented reality um, program in the guilt bit ecosystem consists of two parts. One, an understanding that um, the ultimate reality is God's reality, and any desire to augment it is the sin of idolatry, an attempt, a, a vicious pride that believes it can improve on the design of the Creator. Mm. who is forever praised. Yeah. But given that you are all naughty little monkeys <laughs> yes. who are prideful and arrogant and wicked, the augmented... <laughs> He's got us there. Augmented reality program of the guilt bit ecosystem is one where you pull up your camera and everywhere you go, there's a picture of Jesus staring back at you, deeply disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Does slowly, the facial expression change based on what you're doing? He shakes his head very slowly right. and looks at the ground. Can't even bear to look you in the eye. Right. You know what you did. Right. And right. what you are yet to do. Right. Yeah. That's uh, the that's depravity good. go, if you will. It is the depravity go. You just yeah, you go to places and feel depraved. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. The depravity of Pokemon, if you will. Yeah, exactly right. I think that's good. I think we. Yeah. Well, Lee, I assume we solved your problem. (laughs) (laughs) I now fully understand Pokemon and what this means for Triple C. Actually, real quick, before we turn it off, we've got to have a tiered system. The the Guilt Bit AR, you start out with a picture of your grandma being disappointed. Wow. And and as you build up guilt points, you unlock characters. Sure. you, sure. you got to work your way up to Jesus being disappointed with you. Right. Well, that's right. That's right. That's work right. your way up or in that purchase. I'm, there <laughs> you right. go. Absolutely. In that you, purchase. There, there are various. There is go a, straight to it. There's a Pope character that's disappointed in you, but there's actually a bunch of them. You can right, get right. John Paul could be disappointed with sure, you. Sure, yeah. John Piper. Could be dis- John Piper could be totally Absolutely. disappointed with you. It, 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 you know, and then you know the Virgin Mary, and then Jesus. Exactly all the right. Way up. Exactly so, right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, and and you know, as we're as we're departing this, this is a true fact. On the internet, someone compared me to a Pokemon. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I. You know, Tasha from our staff was into the Pokemon, so I asked her to explain it to me. What this, what this was this bad? Was this good? And you right. didn't film this. It was. It took about ten minutes, <laughs> and at the end, I did not know more than when we started. Yeah, sounds about right. It wasn't her explanation. It was just I couldn't quite wrap my mind around it. We're old. Yeah, yeah, we're old. On that basis, Lee, do the honors. I would love to finally declare emergency off. (laughs) Never has the word finally been used more exasperatedly or accurately. Let's see. We got there's Pokemon and the, you know, if you. Portal to doom. Thank you. That's good. If you see your life as kind of an augmented reality where you're trying to. You got to witness to them all, Jed. That's really the key. Ooh, oh, nice. You want some, some tips and tricks on That's living nice. that kind of Christian life, reaching out to the people. Well, one of the ways you can certainly get that is Bridgebox. Every week you get sermons, songs to encourage you, teach you a little bit. Some of the stuff we've learned from doing ministry up here at Guys Behind Bars, men and women coming out of drug treatment facilities and gangs. You get all that for only $8 a month at missionusa.com slash bridgebox. Why don't you head on over there and check it out. If you go to missionusa.com slash bridgebox, even if you don't sign up, you can get some free downloads and stuff to preview what it's about. Check that out. Only $8 a month. Missionusa.com slash bridgebox. We jumped to our first question here. It came to our email address. It says, Hey, say that crew. 
Hello. Which I feel like if we were a delightful Saturday morning kind of animated version of ourselves, yeah. it would be the Say That Crew. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like that. Okay. It's the Say That Crew. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, as, we, as, we, as we discussed before, the animated kid uh, Muppet Babies level version of us would be Uncle Glenn and Friends. That's yeah. right. So the Say That's That true. Crew would be like the tween Disney XD version. Uh, yeah. 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 Wow. But hey, Say That Crew. First hey. off, thanks for answering my questions in the past and being an all-around great source of wisdom. Correct. Will they still have that opinion when they listen to the Pokemon intro? <laughs> My question is regarding Genesis 3.16, where God tells Eve, quote, your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you, unquote. What does that mean for marriage? Are women stuck being subservient to their husbands? I've heard people address the more controversial verses about marriage in the New Testament, but never this one. And Lee, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's a great question, and I think it's it's one that, that leaves a lot of people puzzled. Um, Genesis, the stuff that happens in Genesis is, is crazy because what you find out is, you know, when Eve, you know, takes the bite of this fruit, it says that she turns and gives some to her husband who was with her. Hello. And then you go back to the beginning of Genesis three and you're like, why didn't he say anything the whole time? He never shows up. He just eats this fruit. And for those of us who have worked in ministry for a long time, we can tell you that male spiritual passivity, it is still endemic all over the place. It's everywhere where men to, need to be bold. They need to be standing up. And so many women, they turn around and look at, look at their life and say, this dude in my life isn't going to do anything. He's not going to step up. He's not going to take the lead. He's not going to serve. He's not going to whatever. And so they, you know, they, they wind up you know, finding themselves in this role. And the deal is, is that the, the way this was always supposed to be is that we were always supposed to be in a situation of serving each other. And that if a man has the, a, a position of leadership or headship you know, in, in a family, in a marriage, in, in a ministry, in a whatever, that what that would basically mean is, I'm the number one servant here. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a verse in marriage, uh, in Ephesians chapter five. If you look at Ephesians chapter five, verse 22 will say wives submit to your husbands. That's not actually in the scriptures at all. It just verse 21 says submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. And then the apostle Paul kind of has a little parentheses wives to your husbands. And that's because of what happened in Genesis chapter three, because they're saying, because uh, what happened to Eve is what happens over and over and over and over again. Guys who won't step up, guys who are not bold and godly and, st- and will step out in, a, in that servant role and step out and be willing to be led by the Lord and everything. And so they're like, I guess I'm going to have to run this whole ship. I guess I'm going to have to drive this whole thing. And that's kind of the, the thing that got this all started. But the picture of marriage was always supposed to be that we would be serving each other, that we would be mutually submitting to each other, serving each other, and that if there's a leadership or a headship role, that this man would step in and say, I am the servant of this house. I lead out in serving, and and uh, and that's my role. If anybody else wants the servant's towel, you're going to have to wrestle it out of my hands. That was the picture, the way that this was supposed to start out. It's been muddled by everybody the whole time, but as we get closer to God's ideal, that's what we want to see. That's a really good point. And Jed, can you pick that up and take us a little bit further on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, 
If you read Genesis 3, it's worth noting there were three people involved in the fall of man. There was the serpent, who's the devil, and there was the woman, and there's the man. And as they're getting kicked out of the Garden of Eden, actually, God pronounces a curse on all three of them. Uh-huh. And um, so you've read the curse that God puts on woman. Uh, there's actually a curse that God puts on man, too. Um, and that curse effectively reads, before everything was easy for you, food just kind of appeared. Right. Now you will have to work. You will have only by toil, only by pain and hardship will you eat food from the ground. And in fact, it it directly says your hardship will be just as great as a woman's during childbirth. Right. You know, that's how that's how hard it's going to be for you. Right. Okay. Now here's the interesting thing is that marriage, even though it has been God has effectively placed a curse on it, can still be a good thing. And work, even though God has placed a curse on it, can still be a good thing. Mm -hmm. But part of the takeaway is that we live in a world now that both in a physical sense and really in a spiritual sense is ruled by entropy. If we're not actively working to make a marriage be good, it will be terrible. That's mm-hmm. part of what that curse means. So let's let's read that again. You you quoted it. Your desire be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Is that if we're not actively working against um, the, the the forces all around us, this marriage will become a disaster. It will become mm-hmm. something that that weighs us both down. In the same sense, if we work at making our vocation a good thing, it can be a wonderful thing. It can change the world. It can be a source of strength and beauty and all kinds of things. But if we don't yep. work at it. Our work itself will drain our will to live. It will mm-hmm. be something that that we hate. Lee said it, and he's right. There's a spiritual passivity that was at the heart of the fall of mankind. Well, the funny thing is, part of the curse that God put on people, the takeaway is, if you're passive, it will be awful. Everything <laughs> right. in your life, will be, work will be awful, and your relationships will be awful, and your lives will be your awful. dating relationships. Dating right. relationships will be awful. If you're passive, that's the way it's going to be from now on. That's, that's the effective outcome. But the good news is, the, the good news is, A, there is good news. And the specific good news is, if you will work at it, you can have an amazing marriage where yes. the, where both people are involved and honored and built up and loved and encouraged. If you'll work at it, you can have a great dating relationship. If you'll work at it, you can have a great professional life and a vocational life. The fact that God cursed work doesn't mean you can't have a good professional life. That means you need to submit your professional life to him and let you show let him show you how to do it, how how to live it out. What is gone, what what we had in the garden of eden has been taken away is the easy option being good that's Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what's gone and gone forever but if you'll work at it you can have good stuff uh, in all these areas that where god pronounced a curse one more thing to to make that point there's a a guy who's both a a pastor and a philosopher named greg boyd he's a smart dude and he's written and he's absolutely right that in this fallen world Everything that has a potential for great good has a proportional potential for great evil. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's no way for that to not be true. Right. Anything that can do great good can also do great evil. You yep. might have heard before people say money is the root of all evil. That's not in the Bible. No. What the Bible says is the love of money right. is the root of all kinds of evil. Money can do amazing good. Sure. It can accomplish unspeakable good. It can change right. the world in all kinds of good ways. But given that it can do that... It can also do unspeakable evil. Right, right? That's right. Here's how this relates here. Your marriage, the potential for it to be good is limitless. 
Right. If you and your husband will both submit yourselves to the Lord and then to each other and work at it seven days a week, there's no limit to how good it can be. The curse doesn't change that. What the, what the curse means is you do have to work at it. There's another side now. Before, mm-hmm. there was no chance that it wouldn't be good. Now there's a guarantee that if you don't work at it, it will be terrible. But the good news is that's not the last word. That's not where it needs to stay. You can work at it. You can have a great marriage and a great life, and God wants that for you. Absolutely. I'm glad I love you to close out on this. And uh, one of the important things here is context. Yeah. One is the context of the larger, what the Bible says about marriage as a whole, which is what these guys are saying. And one uh, one part of one verse in Genesis does not undo all of that. The other important bit of context is, as uh, both Lee and Jed alluded to, and maybe you can pick this up for us, the mindset God was in yeah. when such pronouncements were made. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was not uh, happy. He was not happy. Uh, <laughs> if God is angry and says, that moron needs to be in charge. There's your curse. Yeah. It's not really an endorsement of <laughs> men are the best suited for, you Absolutely. know, let's, uh, let's wake ourselves up here. You, 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 made, you mean maybe people talking about headship yeah. and being the uh, the natural leaders are maybe overestimating what God was saying about them in that you, moment? You, you bet you bippy. And here's what Jesus said, because they asked a question of Jesus. You know, uh, uh, who should be the shot caller? How do we pick leaders? How do we, you know, this is a whole new thing. We're not doing Levites and tribes and uh, with uh, uh, a, te- uh, a temple and a thing. You know, we're, this is a new deal. It's a new covenant that you're establishing in your blood. What do we do with leadership? He said, the greatest amongst you will be, will take the form of a servant. Mm-hmm. And that's getting back to what Lee was talking about. Okay, my I just finished uh, uh, visiting my sister, and she's got two little twin babies, and she's got a brother, uh, husband. That's my brother-in-law, and he's amazing. Loved love the brother-in-law. Love my sister. Two adorable childrens. Okay, now if 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 I if he was sitting here and I said, okay, now Chuck, between you working, because he works hard, he works a hard hard job, long hours and all. That, I said, between you working your long, hard hours and your wife, who is raising two twin babies and is with them all day, every day, stay-at-home mom, etc., and so on, who is doing the harder work here? That man would be tripping over himself to say, she does all the work, I do none of the work. Preach. Whatever, and whatever she wants is whatever, I, you know. He knows what that that's all about, and his job would if he came in to, if he came home and 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 something that my sister had worked on and established with these kids and a way of working with them, and he just came home and stri- tried to call shots. She would murder him in his sleep, yep. and he knows this. He's not you know that's not metaphorically he, speaking for legal reasons. Probably yes. So sure. now, you know, his job is to come in when she said, "Okay, you can't have cookies till you finish your your Brussels sprouts." His job is the enforcer. He's he reinforces that. He backs her up. Now, yes, again, in the nature of a servant, if he sees his wife is tired, my sister is tired and stressed out and whatever, he might change the plan. He might say, I'll do broccoli enforcement. You take a hot bath and whatever, you know, right. so that, but again, that's, that's him stepping in as a servant to serve and help her out. 
Uh, if you think this is a shot color, you just do not understand any of this. The other thing is, and I, I will tell you, I'm saying all this from a certain perspective, and I'll tell you what that perspective is. I believe in my heart God has given gifts to women that he has not given to men. Right. And that uh, that developing those gifts, tapping to those gifts, and letting them loose upon the world and do good and great things for the kingdom is an essential part of being a pastor of a church. It is an essential part of being a husband. It's an essential part of uh, being a youth group leader, and you've got ladies in your thing and all of that. Uh, I, I honestly believe uh, that if you are coming from a place of men are spiritually superior to women in every respect, <laughs> and you need to submit to that, you have sailed off without me, dude. Yeah. I just I, the, I have worked with male pastors for a huge chunk of my career, and I've also talked with and worked with their wives. And I can tell you, my job, no kidding, would be extremely much, much easier if I could just trade them for their wives, even without the seminary training. Sure. That's, I mean, the difference is shocking. So um, we have to understand that, that um, when, when I tell you that and then I say, be a servant, it all makes sense. When, it, when, you're, when you say, my job is equipping and enabling and helping people find their gifts and helping people to, uh, to thrive and helping people to get in touch with the potential that they have within them, then all of that makes sense. And that's what God's trying to get us to do here. Absolutely. That's a lot of great stuff. We'll move on to our next question here. It comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, I've been dating this wonderful, godly Christian woman for a few months, and now I'm going to be meeting her parents soon. Mm. Do you have any advice regarding this whole process? Obviously, I'm a bit nervous, and I want to make a good first impression. Please give me advice on what to say, how to bring gifts, what questions to ask, and how to answer the questions that are asked of me. Thanks. And Jen, why don't you kick us off on this? Well, it's a great question, man, and we're proud of you that you've made it to this point. Um, something that we talk about in, in the ministry around here a lot is, so you're going into a situation that's a little bit hard to predict. You know, what will they want to talk about and what is it? So it's, it's hard to kind of predict every detail. So the thing that we talk about a lot is what should my attitude be? Because mm-hmm. if you know what your attitude should be, yeah. then you can kind of know how to roll with all the punches. So that's, that's the thing that I'd like to talk about is what your attitude should be. And let's first talk about what your attitude shouldn't be. Don't try to be cool. Right. Yes. Don't don't try to be suave. Yeah. Um, no. Don't don't You're try not. to be cute. Uh, and no. I can't emphasize this enough. Do not try to act like a character out of a movie. Right. Um, right. I know yeah. you've seen movies where. Well, like, hello, Mrs. Johnson. I didn't know Susie had a sister. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Sure. Do that. <laughs> the attitude I encourage you to have is being crystal clear. I love your daughter. On that basis, it's an honor for me to meet the two of you. Right, yeah. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. That's that's who I am. That's who you are to me. And let's be clear. Part of uh, being honest about that is um, if you're at the relate, relationship part of love, that's great. It's also, if you've been dating a month, say, I think your daughter's a swell gal and I'm really right. having fun. Absolutely. Just, whatever the stage you're at, be honest about that. Absolutely right. So, in, so let's look at both cases. If you've been dating for a month and she's a swell gal and whatnot, the, the attitude is, I'm a real fan of Susie. Uh, I think she's a, a super cool person on that basis. It's a, it's a real treat to get to meet the two of you, and I'm just delighted to do that. 
That's my attitude. You know, everything right. everything that happens, everything that comes in, we're going to go through that prism and, and respond to in that fashion. If it's a more serious thing, you've been dating for, for some months, maybe you're starting to talk about engagement and that kind of stuff, then it's, um, I'm here because I love your daughter. Uh, you know, on that basis, it's an honor and a privilege for me to meet the two of you. I'm delighted to do that. Everything that we're saying and doing, I'm, it's coming through that lens. Mm. I'm responding to it through that lens. And the good news is uh, twofold. First, if you come with that attitude, and again, Matt's absolutely want to modulate that a bit depending on where the relationship's at. But in either case, if you come with that attitude, A, anything you say or do is going to be fine. Right. Um, is absolutely no worries. But B, and this is the really important part, is you know people like to run uh, you know kind of worst case scenarios. You know, what if they don't like me? I'd love to tell you, oh, there's no possible. Who wouldn't like you? You're great. Um, right. The father of the girl you're dating. That's who wouldn't like you. Exactly right. <laughs> Big time. The truth is, um, m- most people have uh, tension and issues with their in-laws. There's right, actually right. A, a very good chance that, that there will be some issues. If you come with that attitude, you don't have to wonder if it's them or you. Right. If you come with an attitude of, you know, uh, here's where I stand with your daughter, based on that, you know, here's where I stand with you. If they find a way to be worried about that, you can know that's on them. Right. You don't have to walk away wondering, well, I shouldn't have told that one joke, and I thought that antidote would kill, but it didn't, and you know, ruined everything. Just be yourself. This is who your daughter is to me based on that. Who's here you are to me. I'm just glad to be here. You don't have to worry Absolutely. if you did a good job. You know, a, a reasonable person will think that's great. If they don't like that, that's on them, and you can have some good peace about that. I think it's a great place to start, and Glenn, let me get to pick up on this. Is kind of this the, If you go in with that kind of healthy attitude, um, another thing to look at is goals here. Right. And they're, you're not going to be so charming that they insist you marry their daughter. So right. a, a good goal, I think, for this has to do with how you carry yourself and the, the way you present some things yeah. about yourself, both what you say and the way you react. And how do we focus on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm an old-fashioned dude. I don't know if you're if, if the, the father of your your lady friend is, is old-fashioned. Maybe he wants to talk about Pokemon Go. We don't want to pigeonhole anybody. Who Who knows? Uh, I come from old school, which is uh, – we were just talking about my brother-in-law. Uh, my discussion with him during the wedding was, <laughs> if you hurt my sister, that's it. That's just really it. You will, you, you, I believe, and tell me if I'm right, because I love this story, and I've told it yes. many times secondhand. I believe the exact verbiage that I'm hearing it is, you know who I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I do. Yep. They will never find your body. That's correct. <laughs> And but that um, came on the backside of she's just driving you crazy. Come on, you sit on no, the couch no, and I, talk it out. Yeah, I told him, look, it, it, you have any problems in this marriage, you need help with it. I am your guy. You come to my house, you sleep on my couch. I believe me, I will fix you up. I will get you back in the game. I will never judge you. Whatever, just you have to control yourself before it gets out of hand. Because if it gets out of hand, then you know this is. So I come from that old school of just you know. Uh, uh, you know, get, giving a tough time to to the guy and letting him know what have you, even with a certain amount of love. So I think you want to be prepared for that. Uh, but the response is, if you don't have anything to be nervous about, that is, if you don't have any evil intentions, then don't be nervous. Yeah, right. uh, that means being confident. And not, now we're not talking about being arrogant either. That's a really bad sign. But uh, having a sense of confidence. Uh, old school stuff works great in terms of look them in the eye. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. ma'am. Uh, shake, give a firm handshake, you know, right. pleased to meet you, sir. Pleased to meet you, ma'am. Those, you know, they may say, well, we don't, we don't need, sir. Call and me ma'am. Sandy. 
Yeah, call me Sandy. That's good. That's fine. We can, okay, Sandy, and it's good to meet you, and so on and so forth. But you overdoing it a little bit doesn't hurt. I mean, yeah. you're, 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 you're talking to guys on this podcast who can't stop saying yes, ma'am, to the people who exactly. wait tables on us and whatever. Well, we did grow up in a civilized part of the world. That's correct. Uh, so, yes. Um, but, but now I'm going to give you the secret sauce, okay? This is the thing that's going to take it over the top. Be a worker. Yeah. A good, solid family loves a worker. Mm-hmm. Take out the trash. Bring in the groceries. Help the mom carry the thing with whatever. Do yep. the dishes. Help co- right. collect the plates and whatever. Be a worker. Pitch in. That shows that you want to contribute. You want to help. You. We were just talking about servanthood mm-hmm. in the last question. Uh, that's what we want to display. Yep. For a good family with good people in it, they're really solid, looking at the right things. That's a big tip-off of humility, servanthood, yes, sir. caring and helping the, 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 the girl that they've mm. raised all this time and everything. So that's, that's really the, my secret sauce on that. That's great advice to jump in because it, it circles back really, really well. Everything Glenn told you is spot on. Do all of it. None of it is a guarantee these people like you. Oh, yeah, no. Heck no. no, no it, you're, you're coming and putting your filthy filthy hands on their beautiful perfect angel absolutely right. that's not that we're not doing like me now absolutely. that's that's not on the table yep you know but it's a very very point of and it kind of goes back to some stuff we we're talking about the last episode where you you can focus on you can control the way you behave so if you know i came in here i said yes sir and yes ma'am right. i was polite right. i showered before i came i helped yes. take the trash and they think i guess a real jerk you kind of know that's them that's yep. right that's yep. right to what level of malfunction that could be just as you're saying give them a hard time that could yeah. be deeply dysfunctional stuff but if you focus on your behavior one of the other easy things i gave you is you know if you know you pretty much did everything right now if you're going in there and you know telling dirty jokes and you know pouring grandma bourbon then it wasn't you wasn't them what's the cause of the tension yeah you're but to your point you're building trust and you're Mm. earning a, a reputation here you don't do all that in one go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lee, let's kick it over to you as a father of daughters. I think this is an interesting point to pick up on of, as we said, there's nothing that's going to make these people like you, yeah. uh, even if they're uh, very uh, uh, healthy and nice and pleasant Christians. I can't imagine Lee being mean to anyone except the first guy who comes <laughs> to try to date his daughter. Um, but at, in, given right. that, if you're not trying to make these people like you, what what should someone be trying to communicate about themselves that makes the family feel better? Well, I mean, I, first of all, I, I love there was kind of a balance of a place where you started, Matt, and and kind of something that Glenn said. There's kind of you strike a balance in there of you know you said don't have a persona, don't be a character, you know, right. uh, something you saw in a movie or something like that. And at the very same time, Glenn comes in from the other side and says, and yet you know stuff that is polite and charming and kind about you let's let's kind of dial that up a little bit mm-hmm. um you know let's take out the trash let's you know look them in the eye that kind of stuff those are the things that you want to communicate and and jed's exactly right you know that that you want to communicate with your affect with the way that you talk and stuff like that that you not only care about their daughter but that you know her um you know that you're a person who listens to her you're a person who has invested time into getting to know her and stuff like that one of the things that and and you're exactly right dude um when you you come to my house to meet me i don't like you we don't no. like you there's no. that that's not a good goal uh, your your goal isn't to win over the parents because you know i i've heard it said and i like it salvation is by grace this is not 
Yeah. This is by merit. Um, pure and simple. Mm-hmm. It's a long road. You've got a long hill to a long, steep hill to climb, and we don't like you. It's not about that. I, I think the, one of the interesting things that you can do um, is to is to adjust your goal and realize that this is potentially going to be a really stressful dinner for your girlfriend. Um, mm. And to talk to her about kind of some of the family dynamics and to really uh, to, to realize that the relationship with the parents, however long you're in this relationship, it is going to be in flux and it's going to take a long time to get that whole thing right. Um, mm-hmm. And so let's let's have one of our goals that you're pouring a lot of mental energy into is you've talked to her on the front end about what that family dynamic is like. What are the kind of triggers of, of kind of stress and stuff like that in that room? And then you're kind of watching for that. And then you have and then you're able to, you know, be there for her in the in the potentially kind of weird things of her family. And then you guys can have a really great conversation when this whole thing is over. Um, I, I would love mm. to make a couple of just kind of like some lightning round quick hits, uh, just because, and, and these all come from actual scenarios of people that I actually know who, uh, went either to the, the houses of my, of my friends who have daughters or, or like college guys. I know, um, one thing is do not, do not pull out your phone and be on your phone the whole time. Mm. Um, if you're listening to this show, you probably wouldn't be that guy. But I'm just going to say it because it happens a lot. Don't be on your phone the whole time. Um, Mm -hmm. As Glenn said, be more polite than you normally are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, As far as as the questions that you want to ask or receive, ask um, her father and mother questions about them. Ask them questions Mm -hmm. about their life. Everybody loves to talk about themselves, man. Everybody likes to be asked about themselves. Ask them questions about their life and their interests. Um, take it easy on the gift thing, unless you have a ringer that is girlfriend approved, and mm-hmm. you know it's going to be a smash hit. Otherwise, don't do this. And in general, I'm, no ad libbing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, can exactly. just bring bring a, a beverage or something that we're sure. about to eat a meal, something simple. But yeah. if if it's cleared with the girlfriend and all, ask her. Yeah. Yes. And and here's the thing. And this, I hate to even have to say this, but do not. And I repeat, in the strongest sense. Do not, especially if you're like over at the parent's house third, fourth time or something like that, don't be sitting all over their couch with your leg over their daughter's legs mm. and kissing mm. and snuggling no. on their daughter. Don't no. ever, ever, <laughs> ever do that. You will soon die. And it's like, please, please. And I say this because these are actual scenarios. Ugh. Be cool. Don't, don't, you know, be attentive and uh, be yourself, but be your best self yeah. in this in this situation, and be on the lookout for for what could potentially be stressful for your girlfriend. No doubt, that's mm-hmm. a good word. That's, really, that's good really good. There's there's two things in there that are definitely worth picking up on, expounding on just a little bit. Uh, one of them is exactly, at least, exactly the right thing is this kind of the idea of. We, it goes back to the idea of goals. The goal of this uh, this is not an individual sport. The goal here is not for you to be the most impressive person you can be and have this family. Like you. Yeah. The goal is for you and your significant other as a team to go into this and come out of it feeling good because yeah, that's, that's a good thing. word. And that that applies to a lot of different scenarios in life. That could be the same as you know going with a friend to a funeral or supporting someone through any kind of thing or debriefing with and all that kind of stuff where you're there to be a support system for someone else. Your goal is not to shine as yourself. Mm-hmm. 
and be amazing and take some of the tension off yeah. them that way. Your goal is to be a support system. Yeah. That means together we have to, the main thing is how this unit of people feels about this whole situation. If you mm-hmm. feel like you really got after it, but your friend or girlfriend or had a terrible time, that was not a success. No doubt. And that goes to what Lee said there about. So you right. look at it that way, you have those conversations beforehand. You're not trying to surprise anyone with what a good boyfriend you can be. That's nothing unapproved. But the other thing about that, and I think this applies to a lot of things, and some people have trouble with this. It's worth pointing out. There's nothing dishonest about showing up to a place where you're expected to behave pretty well and behaving pretty well. Yeah. Right. We That's deal with right. this a lot of other guys yeah. on the bridge, and I think it's the same thing. If, um, young folks have some ideas about, and a lot of this comes down to church stuff and kind of uh, religion stuff where there's a, you think, oh, there's this expectation that I need to show up and behave. Mm. So the real deal is to show up to this wedding in my jeans, but it's like, it's all holy, man, and be mm. it. Follow, there's nothing dishonest or hypocritical about following social cues. That's yep. right. Just yeah. because you're not like this all the time doesn't mean you can't be like this right now. Putting your best foot forward is still your foot, and it's, you know... Absolutely. It's yeah. the the example we use all the time is no one is surprised. No one thinks that the way you behave at a job interview is the way you behave all the time. Right. That's okay. You can show up and be yourself, but be a cleaned up, presentable version of yourself, and that's totally fine. There's nothing dishonest to your narrative about that or any of that jazz. It's all it's all lovely. Okay, we move on to our final question. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr box, and it says, "How do I know if I'm being led by God?" In Romans 8.14, it says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. How do I do that instead of what might just seem like a good idea for me to me? And Glenn, why don't you start us off on this? Yeah, uh, don't let me be negative on this, but we we actually get a significant number of how do I know God's uh, will for my life. I, we get a, a, a lot of that kind of stuff on blogs as well. Uh, if you, that is possibly one of the most foundational, most basic questions about Christianity. And if you're attending a church and if you've been part of a church for a while and you have not received anything on this, there may be some low-quality discipleship happening there. Uh, Again, not trying to be negative on that, but that might be something to look at as sort of a side issue. But blowing past that, um, uh, the the basic Sunday school answer happens to also be a very good answer answer to this question, which is the way that we know uh, God's will and the way that we assess that out is through uh, Scripture itself. We know that Scripture is perfect and it applies uh, to our lives, uh, that we go to wise counsel, and, and that could be a pastor, it could be a mentor, and so forth, and they help to apply that word to our life and show us how this verse relates to our specific situation. So they're combining a knowledge of us with a knowledge of Scripture and how it works. And you, you know, we were just doing a bit of that earlier in this episode of talking the nuts and bolts of Scripture and how that applies to uh, real-world situations. And then the final way that we know God's will is through prayer, that God speaks to our heart. He puts a nudging on us. He gives us uh, a, a leading uh, in our heart. And we use sort of a system of checks and balances. We go back to Scripture and make sure that what God is nudging me towards also uh, works with scripture and that I'm not doing something that's specifically anti-scriptural. And also I'm going to my pastor, my mentor, etc., and explaining this is what I feel like the Lord's leading me to do. And that person who, again, knows you and uh, is aware of your situation can 
help determine whether that's uh, something that God would want for your life. Uh, but this verse in particular, Romans uh, 8.14, uh, you know, uh, you, you quote part of it. It says, uh, those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And part of the verses surrounding that, we always want to put this stuff in, in context, is talking about uh, the idea of sacrifice and following. And for some reason, I think when people talk about God's will, they're thinking in terms of, um, one great big thing that if they miss it, then yeah. that's bad. Uh, or they're thinking of uh, the the daily little things that God's always telling me not to do, mm-hmm. and I got to not do stuff, and I have to be obedient. In that big o- obey word, and um, I have to. Uh, 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 I can't be a, a child of God because I'm not following the Spirit of God because I'm doing all these little naughty things. Well, here's the thing is that that verse is talking about follow me. You know, the, Where I'm going, I want you to follow me. I want you to go where I go. I want you to see what I'm showing you. I want you to make sacrifices uh, along the way in order to make this go. Uh, none of that really relates to one big bolt from the blue revelation about mm-hmm. one great big thing you need to do with your life. It also doesn't relate to reducing the amount of sin in your life, although we expect that that would happen as part of following God. Uh, uh, and as we've said on this podcast before, the thing about uh, God's will is starting with the general and working towards the specific. And that's mm-hmm. just basic. Uh, logic in terms of how to do that, to start in a very, very general direction and and, and narrow things down as you go. Uh, Christians have a funny way of wanting to be an A-plus student on the first day of school, Yep. Mm-hmm. and that doesn't exist. You will never be an A-plus Christian because they we don't have those. Yep. It's just, this is not school. You are not being graded. Um, your performance is somewhere between uh, sketchy and deeply imperfect, which uh, is exactly like me and the other people on this podcast. So uh, uh, we need to be comfortable with the idea of I'm, I don't know that I am exactly, precisely right on top of where God wants me to be right now and doing exactly what God wants me to be doing. But I know I'm in the ballpark. I know I'm mm. in the neighborhood. I know I'm heading in the right direction. And uh, that's good enough for today. Uh, but for tomorrow and for my near future, uh, I need to get up and continue to seek more direction, more wisdom, learn more from the direction that I'm heading in so that I can get that dialed in, so I can get more specific in what's going on. But God's will for your life uh, changes all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. thing about following God is for a while he says, let's go this direction. Then after a while he says, let's go in this other direction. Mm-hmm. So because I set out following God in direction number one, and I, I can't just stay on that exact same direction forever mm-hmm. and assume I'm in God's will. God's, God changes our path and routes us through all sorts of different things. So what that means is, we are in the same boat that you are in, that we have to seek God daily. We take up our cross daily mm-hmm. and, and, and attempt to find out what is it that I need to be doing a little bit more of, what is it that I need to be doing a little bit less of, what's the 
big picture direction you want me to go in. And we're making those adjustments all the time. Mm -hmm. So we want you to start off being comfortable with that from the beginning. Absolutely right. And Lee, love to get you to pick this up for us. Um, I think Glenn into there on a very interesting point, which is what we have to look at here. You say, what do people mean when they say being led by God? I think um, a lot of people think doing the right thing, ending up in the right spot, kind of, uh, I don't want to go back to the millionth Pokemon Go joke here, but, you know, a video game style of, you know, God wants you to end up at the checkpoint and you got to get there yeah. kind of on your own. But I think in order to understand what it, what if God is leading us, we need to understand a little bit more about what does it mean to be led and follow on a kind of a more daily, ongoing basis. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I really like to think about this kind of as a, as kind of an apprentice art kind of deal. It's like there's uh, basically we're learning to really submit our will to the will of Jesus. I mean, you know, as Glenn's saying, some of this stuff is winds up sounding pretty Sunday school, and that's because this is the basic. This is kind of the basic stuff. Uh, you know, there. I love the way you say it in the question that there. You know, I I gravitate towards stuff that feels easy. Well, um, you know, there's there's some things that Jesus is asking of me that do not feel easy. Yeah. And how do I learn to follow Him? I know what He's leading me to do. I don't know how to go about changing this part of of who I am or whatever. And, you know, I was thinking about this in the terms of like uh, other kind of apprentice arts. Like if you were going to train under like a master calligrapher, you know, you wouldn't start on day one trying to create a piece to go up in the gallery. Just as Glenn's saying, you don't on day one try to be an A plus Christian, but this is the way that most of us think about it. If I'm going to follow Jesus, then that means that starting today, I have to follow Jesus in every single area of my life and clean all of it up today. That's, that's what that, otherwise it's a, it's an abject failure. Well, if you were going to start with this calligrapher, you would start by learning how to hold the brush. And then you would start by learning how to make very simple strokes just over and over and over again. And the funny thing here is you're not actually learning. uh, It's really less about learning how to do it right. And, and learning how to uh, unlearn the way that you've kind of taught yourself to do it the wrong way. And that's, it's just kind of building reps, building muscle memory. And so what I would say is like in my spiritual life, I know there's a ton of stuff that's just screwed up and, and there's a ton of stuff that the Lord wants to work on in my life. I want to ask the Lord to help me identify something, something simple, something obvious that, that he wants to work on in me. And I want to ask him to, because he's patient with me, Let's look at this together and help me to kind of go through the motions of learning to build some muscle memory on listening to what you're asking me to do and just trying to trying to follow you in this little thing a little bit at a time and check in with you what worked on that, what didn't, and just kind of develop a strategy of learning to kind of submit my will to Jesus and one little thing. And because if you try to change everything in your life, it is going to be a complete mess. It's going to be confusing. It's going to be frustrating. It's not going to go anywhere. But just to talk to the Lord openly about this is what's hard about this process. This is what I don't understand. This is what, these are where I'm running into roadblocks. And then the two of you kind of work as a team as you start to kind of build this muscle memory and learn how to follow him in little stuff every day. Yeah, absolutely right. That's a lot of great stuff. And Jed, I'd love to get you to close us out on this by kind of looking at uh, this. There's a simple, as we talk about a lot of these kind of problems, there's a simple answer here, which is simple, but is complex in the living out. And that's to ask, 
So how do we gauge our following as we're doing the asking and listening piece? It's a great question. You know, I think there's a promise in Scripture, of course, that if any of you lacks wisdom, and wisdom, of course, is, is seeing things from God's perspective. So if, if any of you is having a hard time seeing things from God's perspective, let him ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. If we, if we need to know what God thinks we should be doing, we should ask. That's, mm-hmm. that's what the Bible says. But I think what so often gets in the way for us is, is two things on the, you know, bothering to hear what he might have to say in response. One is distraction. Um, and if you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard us talk about that. If you want to hear the Lord, you need to get other things out of the way. We're not talking about turning your life around, upside down, but we're talking about taking 30 minutes and getting off by yourself. You know, the Bible says about Jesus right. that he often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Mm-hmm. And it, part of the reason that he did that has to be he was fully man, which means he was subject to distraction the same as any other man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, find yourself a lonely place where you can be with the Lord and get all the stuff that you're concerned about, all the stuff you're confused about, get it all out. You know, talk it all out with the Lord and then ask, you know, Lord, what are you, what are you trying to get me to do here? So I think, you know, distraction is, is one key part of it. But the other key part of it is fear. We're deeply afraid. Um, what if God asks me to do something I don't want to do? You know, yeah. what, if, what if God asks, you know, what if God says, go be a missionary in China, whatever it is? Well, the, the thing about that is, there's a, there's a funny principle, and it's true in a secular sense. It's actually true in a spiritual sense, too. Things that seem impossible, once you've decided to do them, you immediately start seeing ways to make them happen. Mm-hmm. That's an important thing, so let me say it again. Things that sound and seem impossible, as soon as you decide, I'm going to do it anyway, you immediately begin seeing ways to pull it off. Right. I can right, I yeah. guarantee you, Definitely. I promise you that's true. Yeah. And the the thing of it is if we if we want to follow the Lord, part of what's before us is being prepared to hear crazy sounding, you know, impossible things. I want you to be a missionary in China and say, Okay, well Lord, how do we do that? What what would that I'm down. What mm-hmm. what would that look like? Yeah. The funny thing about the Lord is sometimes he wants us to Think about and entertain a possibility, not because it's the thing he wants us to do, but because if we can see that, we'll be able to see something else. Mm -hmm. There's examples of that throughout the Bible. God says to Abraham, sacrifice your son. Mm -hmm. The the point was more the willingness than, because to spoiler alert, he does not actually sacrifice his son. That's right. but as Lee is saying, if we'll get engaged in that conversation with the Lord, all kinds of amazing things will come to light. But for a lot of us, A, we're too distracted to have that conversation, and B, we're afraid of what that conversation would entail. We're, we're afraid that there's things we wouldn't want to do or we couldn't do or be, you know, we're the, wrong, we're the wrong person for the job. But it all begins with having that conversation and having choosing to approach it with a trust and a confidence that God knows who you really are. He knows what would really be good for you. He has an amazing adventure in store for you and if you're willing to have that conversation all the way to the end you're going to land on a place that you'll feel good about you'll feel excited about and that will lead you to all kinds of amazing things that's really great stuff and i want to pick up on this idea of um asking and that the kind of not being afraid you're going to hear because i think there's a lot of fear in this question and all these guys covered it there's the what if i'm doing the wrong thing and what if i uh, a particular one that is theologically impossible we get scared of it anyway which is what if i go too far down the wrong road and by the time i realize where god really wanted to lead me it's too late to make up all that ground and what if there's a scary thing here and one of the things we can kind of stand on foundationally it goes back to exactly what lee was saying about kind of starting with the broad stuff and then narrowing and narrowing and narrowing is god is leading you 
That's mm-hmm. just, that's fundamental to Christianity, as Glenn was pointing out earlier. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, and you confess in your mouth and believe in your heart, then Jesus is your Savior. He promises that he will send the Spirit within you, and Scripture promises that the Spirit will lead you. Yeah, that is right. happening. So right. this is not a this is not a question of is God leading me? Am I the one special case that God does not lead? And <laughs> I'd figured out on my own, and I have to I have to unlock leadership and make, making a certain amount of good decisions. So the question then poses up much more around what these guys are talking about, which is with was how do I get better at listening? How do I have some peace about? As Glenn was saying, this is not a an arrow straight shot. There's a lot of uh, kind of lines in the road. How do I? Uh, kind of have some peace and some reminding that God is actually leading me, and I, there's nothing beyond that course correction. And uh, we talked, uh, Jed talked about, you know, if you set your mind to some doing something impossible, you will find ways to do it. And part of the reason you've heard us talk about this on the show before is then you can start putting the mental resources and emotional resources you were putting into wondering whether or not you could do this into figuring out a way to do it. Yeah, that's kind of is kind of another one of the situations. If you took the time and energy you work spend worrying about is God really leading me? Does God really have something good for me? And try just for a day. Try for try for tomorrow. Try for a week. Just try it for a little while to say, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to take that as given. And then I'm going to focus all that energy on figuring out what it is. That can be kind of a fundamentally changing thing. And the more we can kind of come with those givens and those granteds, that's really trusting God. And that's really what faith is, is believing that, mm-hmm. no, I can see the quote in the Bible that God says, God's leading me. So I'm just going to, I'm going to live my life as if that is true. Mm-hmm. Then I'll move to the next thing. And that gets back to what uh, Lee was saying about kind of growing in that, getting better in that, the, the apprenticeship nature of that. That's a good way to grow and grow in that and say, what can I bring myself to believe right now and act on? And you will definitely get where you're going. All right. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Remember, you can always sign up for Bridgebox, only $8 a month, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. We'll take you out with a little punk rock this week because sometimes we all need that this is a chicago band called the rejects this is their song the one a very fun song a favorite at the bridge take out that thanks for listening just remember we love you god loves you there's nothing you can do about it to say that podcast who else can you trust to fight demonic poke isis